We've been in a series called Christmas Survival Kit. Uh, this year, through the holiday season, we've been trying to touch you where you hurt the most. Studies show that the holiday season is the time when you are most in touch with your pain. Uh, I don't think you have more pain during the holidays. I just think you feel your pain more. Uh, maybe it's because you're around the people who cause you pain more during the holidays. Maybe it's because our memories are just so strong. Our emotions are running wild, our expectations are high. But whatever the reason, the holidays seem to be the season where we can hurt the most. And so we thought this year that we'd bring you a series that touches you where you hurt. And so we've looked at the difficult issues of uh, losing uh, a loved one and dealing with the issue of grief. And we looked at, at the issue of materialism and greed related to the gifts and the gloom that comes in December's dark days and the gluttony that we struggle with as we uh, celebrate the feasts. All of those are difficult issues, and today we're going to look at the issue of guilt. And you may wonder, well, what does guilt have to do with Christmas? Uh, Let's take a look at Isaiah 1.18. It says, come now, let's settle this, says the Lord. And I just love that phrase where he just says, let's settle this. Let's put this to rest once and for all. Though your sins are like scarlet... You know, even though your past is tainted red, it can be white as snow. You know, when you think of a white Christmas, don't think of snow on your lawn. Think about the condition of your heart. Because God says, I will make them as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, I will make them as white as wool. And then he adds a little phrase at the end. He says, if only you obey me. In other words, he says, you're not going to feel like doing this. It's going to be counterintuitive, going to be countercultural. It's going to go against the grain to do this. It takes a choice to obey God to get God's results. If you want something snow white, if you want something right in your life, it's not going to be achieved with your current way of thinking. It's going to take believing and buying into and obeying God's ways. If I'm going to overcome my grief, and my greed, my gluttony, my gloom, my guilt, I've got to set aside my way of doing things, and I've got to start doing things God's way. Because God's way works if you work it, if you obey it. Now, this issue of guilt, you know, we all struggle with this. In fact, guilt flows through all the issues we've been looking at. If you lost a loved one or if you experienced grief or another type of a loss this past year, you've experienced guilt because guilt is one of the steps of the grief cycle. One of the reasons we fall into the gift trap is guilt. We're trying to compensate, uh, to make up for our shortcomings uh, in people's lives by buying gifts for them. One of the prime causes of gloom and depression is guilt. When we don't deal with our sin and wrongdoing in our life, it makes us sad. It makes us depressed. One of the side effects of gluttony is guilt. Uh, In fact, we even refer to some Christmas treats as guilty pleasures. Pastor tweeted and asked people on Facebook, he said, What is the most difficult thing you've ever had to face as it relates to forgiveness? Got over 400 responses very quickly, and over half of them said that their biggest forgiveness issue didn't have to do with forgiving another person. They said, it has to do with me. I can't forgive me. I hate myself. I hate what I've done. I hate what I've caused. I can't let go of my guilt. I don't think God can forgive me. You ever known someone like that? 
maybe a friend or somebody in your family, a coworker, yourself, who's just so deep into their guilt that they think God can't forgive them. You know, why do people think God can't forgive them? How could someone possibly believe that God can't forgive them after all he's done through Christmas and Christ and the cross? There are some ways we try and deal with our guilt, try and let go of it. Let's take a look at some of them. One is, is I, I can bury it. I can sweep it under the rug. You know, the big myth is, is that if I can just get some time between me and the, the thing I feel guilty about, time heals all wounds. Like somehow time is going to heal it. Time doesn't take care of guilt. Only the Holy Spirit can take care of guilt. And if you try to bury your guilt, try to sweep it under the rug, if you throw that skeleton in the closet, it'll haunt you again. Because guilt doesn't stay buried. You don't bury it, you have to be healed from it. Proverbs twenty-eight thirteen, powerful verse. One of the reasons why we have small groups. It says, he who conceals his sins does not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces them finds mercy. You know, here, here's the deal. You don't have to share your sin with everybody, but you've got to share it with somebody in order to be healed. You're, you're never going to get healed burying it, sweeping it under the rug, acting like it's not there. James 5.16 says, Confess your faults one to another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. If you're haunted by guilt, maybe it's because you've never let the Holy Spirit heal you. Maybe it's because you need a place and a person that you can just confess it to. Maybe that's in a small group. Maybe it's in a Celebrate Recovery step study. Well, one of the principles of Celebrate Recovery is that you find healing from your hurts, habits, and hang-ups when you share them with another human being. It's true. Healing comes when you share those with another human being. doesn't work to share them with your cat. Okay, got to be another person. We're only as sick as our secrets. It doesn't work to bury our guilt. Second thing we can try to do with our guilt, and this one is heartbreaking. I can beat myself up. You know, what a fool I was. What a jerk I am. Why did I do that? I've ruined everything. It can never be undone. People can blame themselves for a loved one's death when, when their actions had absolutely nothing to do with it. And yet they're convinced that their loved one is gone because of them. And we beat ourselves up. King David is famous for writing the Psalms, but he, he also had a past. David committed adultery with a woman and then he connived to have her husband murdered to cover up the sin. I mean, murder, adultery, lying, deceit. I mean, he's just a bad guy. And he tried to, to bury his sin and he beat himself up over it. Psalm 38, verses 4 through 8, David says, I am drowning in the flood of my sins. They are a burden too heavy to bear. Because I have been foolish, I am utterly worn out and crushed. My heart is troubled. Some of you today, you may be here with a heavy burden of guilt. You're worn out, you are crushed, your heart is troubled. And you are beating yourself up over it. Third thing we try. So we, I can blame others for my guilt. Now that's been going on since the first story in the Bible. Early chapters of Genesis, Genesis 3, Adam said that the reason that he ate the forbidden fruit was because of the woman that God gave him. She made him do it. 
you know, it said, you know, Adam sinned and took it like a man. He blamed the woman. <laughs> it's that woman's fault. And it's your fault, God, because you're the one who gave me the woman. And then he, Genesis 3.13, he says, the serpent deceived me and I ate. It's always somebody else's fault. But the reality is blaming other people won't help you let go of your guilt. So what's the solution? If you're going to let go of your guilt, you need to believe God. I can believe God. Because God sees your life differently than you do. God sees your past differently than you do. God sees your sin differently than you do. You know, you may be sitting in church singing the songs, and yet forgiveness seems so distant and your guilt seems so near. Forgiveness doesn't become a reality in your life until you believe what God says about you. So what does God say about you? Well, let's look. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, if anyone is a believer in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has, say it with me, gone. The old has gone. The new has come. You know, my job today isn't to help to make your guilt go away. Because your guilt's already gone. You just don't believe it. You know, I've got to get you believing differently today to see your life in a new reality. You are new in Christ. The old has gone, the new has come. You've just got to believe that. Now, how do we get past our past? Uh, What I love about the Bible and God is that God uses people with a past to help people with a past. And all of us have a past. God knows that the only way we're going to be convinced is if he uses somebody with a past. And so God picked people, really bad people. Do you know over half the New Testament was written by a guy who was a murderer? A serial killer. And it wasn't just random acts of meanness, it was genocide. He was trying to exterminate all the Christians. His name was Paul. And by God's grace, he became the Apostle Paul. He was a murderer, a blasphemer, and yet the Holy Spirit uses Paul to write almost half the New Testament. God picked a guy with a past to help people with a past. What does he say? 1 Timothy chapter 1, 13. It says, even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. And I want to highlight this next phrase because it is so crucial. It says, here is a trustworthy saying that deserves, say it with me, full acceptance. Full acceptance. That's what you and I need to do. We need to fully accept it. You know, God says our our need for full acceptance, that comes first. You know, we want to to be a reality in our lives, and then we'll accept it. God says, no, no, no. You need to accept it in order for it to be a reality. And here's the truth that God's trying to tell us. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Paul says, of whom I am the worst. I mean, Jesus Christ came at Christmas to save you, to forgive you, to remove your guilt. And before you think it's not possible, Paul, the guy with the past, says, it is possible. You just need to accept it. Let me give you a few tips here on how to help you get there. 
First thing, you've got to stop trying to earn forgiveness. You cannot earn forgiveness. And even though we come to church and we hear these messages of God giving a free gift of Jesus Christ, too often we think, well, you know, I think God's got a naughty and a nice list. You know, I mean, I mean I've heard the song, you better watch out, you better not cry, you better not pout. I'm telling you why, because you're going to hell. You better behave yourself, because he's making a list. He's checking it tight. No, wait, 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 wait. That's the other guy. You know, you're at church, and there's a verse in the Bible or a song about forgiveness, and you're about to respond, and then you hear that voice in your head saying, that's not about you. You're on the naughty list. You're on the naughty list. You're guilty. And if you think you have to earn God's forgiveness, then you'll make others earn it from you. You know, we're not struggling with forgiveness because of the incident. It's because we've never received forgiveness. God's total forgiveness of you. And at the root of unforgiveness is unbelief. You don't believe God has rescued you. I'm saying this very respectfully, but many, many Christians do not understand the gospel. They don't understand that Jesus Christ came to save sinners. Christ didn't come to condemn you. He came to save you. Look at John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Okay, we're real familiar with that verse. Real familiar with that. Look what comes next. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he's not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. See, it's a matter of belief. Jesus Christ paid for all your sins, paid for the sins of the world when he died on the cross. They're all paid for. Jesus himself on the cross said, it's finished. He said, it's paid in full. And so people don't go to hell because of their sin, because sin has been paid for. People go to hell because of their unbelief, because they don't believe and receive the forgiveness that God offers them. I mean, there's not a scripture in the Bible that says, stop sinning and you will be saved. Not there. Scripture says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Because it's about your belief. Ephesians 2, 8, 9. It is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. You're not going to earn it. It is a gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. You can't earn forgiveness. All you can do is accept it. Jesus comes along, he says in Matthew 10, 8, he says, freely you have received, freely give. And if you can't let go of your guilt, if you can't forgive yourself, if you can't forgive other people, maybe it's because you haven't freely received the forgiveness that God gives to you. You've got to receive his unconditional love. The best part of God's day is when he gets to to let you off the hook. When when he gets to to free you from a sin. God loves to forgive. He takes delight in it. We just need to believe that. Forgiveness isn't something you earn. It's something you receive. That's good news. 
Now, I've got some bad news for you. The bad news is, is that your past is going to come back and haunt you again. I mean, once you believe, the devil will be back telling you that you're a bad person. You're on the naughty list. And so you've got to be ready to defeat every lie with the truth. When the enemy comes, when he reminds you of all the junk, the abuse, the betrayal, the pain, when he reminds you of your, all your guilt, sin, and shame, when he makes accusations against you, you better be armed with the truth of God's word. Because your enemy is a master liar. Jesus says when he lies, he speaks his native language. For he is a liar and the father of lies. Revelation 12 tells us that Satan literally stands before God day and night accusing us of our sin and wrongdoing. I mean, it's just what he does. He's the accuser. And God's not listening to him because he knows what Christ has done on the cross. So then the devil comes and he puts that in our ear and we fall for the lie. And we're right back where we started with our guilt. And so you've got to be armed with the truth of God's word to defeat Satan's lies about your guilt. You know, the devil accuses you. Remind him of 1 Corinthians 1.30. Let's read this one out loud together. Christ has made us right with God. He made us pure and holy, and he freed us from sin. I mean, that is just so amazing. Do you know the Bible doesn't talk about God forgetting our sin? The Bible says that God remembers our sin no more. That's different than forgetting it. If God forgot sin, then he wouldn't be omniscient. He wouldn't be all-knowing. You know, God doesn't forget anything because he knows everything. But what God does with our sin is he chooses not to remember it anymore. Because it has no effect because of what Christ has done. And so if you want to be like God, you have to choose to remember it no more. When it comes to guilt and regrets, we can have amazing memories. I mean, I tell you, I can remember hurtful things that have happened to me. I can remember hurtful things that I have done to other people years ago. And I remember them with clarity. Especially at Christmas. But if I'm going to be like God, if I'm going to forgive myself, if I'm going to let go of my guilt, I must defeat the lie of that memory with the truth of God's forgiveness. You better be armed with the truth of God's word when the skeletons come out of the closet. And it's going to happen. It'll happen today. It'll happen tomorrow. It'll keep happening. And, and I can't stop that from happening for you. But I can arm you with the truth. And anytime the enemy raises up an old memory, an old accusation, uh, the Bible says God will raise up a standard against the enemy. And the standard is God's word. And so I want you to know it. And I want you to, you know, just claim this verse. Claim the strength of this. Just stick your name right in this verse. Just, you know, Christ made Kelly Walter right with God. He made Kelly Walter pure and holy. And Kelly Walter freed from his sin. You know, I, I, I'm not guilty. I'm pure and holy and free. And so are you if you've trusted in Jesus Christ. We just need to claim it. Not be deceived by the lie. Third thing we need to do is allow God to turn it around for good. God doesn't create the bad, but when the bad happens, God has the unique ability to take the bad and turn it for good. 
You know, too few of us are taking God up on his offer to do that in our lives. Too often when tragedy happens or when, when, when we stumble and fall, well, we wallow in it, we rehearse it rather than letting go of it. You know, we hold on to it tightly. The whole time we claim we wish we didn't have it. But all through Scripture we see bad things happening. People making bad choices, people doing bad things to themselves and to others. And all through Scripture we see God taking the bad things that happen and turning them around and using them for our good and His glory. You don't have to look any further than the Christmas story to see this. God sent His Son as the greatest gift the world would ever know. And what did we do? We killed Him. But God is powerful enough that he used the death of his very own son to seal our pardon, to gain our forgiveness, to remove our guilt. God brought the ultimate good out of the ultimate evil. You want to let go of your guilt this Christmas? You need to believe that God can cleanse you and stop trying to cleanse yourself. And you need to be armed with the truth in order to defeat the lies. And you need to trust God to use your past events for his glory. It'll bring healing to you and it'll free you from your guilt. It's one of the great promises of God. You know, Apostle Paul used to murder Christians. And I know Paul was haunted by his past because Paul says things like, I've got to forget the things behind and press on. Last week we looked at Romans 7 and Paul says, you know, I want to do what's right, but I don't. I don't want to do what's wrong, but I do. I mean, Paul's struggling with his past. He's struggling with his guilt. But he also says in Romans 8, 28... We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And maybe you can't see right now how God is going to use your woundedness and your wrongdoing. You can't see it right now, but you can know it. You can know he's going to. You know the story of Joseph in the Old Testament. Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers. He was betrayed, falsely accused, rejected, humiliated, put in prison. And then Joseph ends up rising to become the second in command in Egypt. And eventually he has the opportunity to save the lives of the very brothers who tried to take his life. I mean, Joseph had the power to kill them. But he has this amazing outlook that we need to have more often. Genesis 50, 20, Joseph says, you intended to harm me. Joseph says to his brothers, you meant to do this. But God intended it for good. To accomplish what's now being done, the saving of many lives. And if you're going to get past your past, you've got to let go of your guilt. You've got to believe what God says about you. You are clean, you are forgiven, and you arm yourself with the truth against the devil's lies, and then you let God turn your life for good. Another person with a past in the Bible is Abraham. All the great heroes of the faith had past. All of them stumbled, they all had sin, they all carried a load of guilt. Listen to how Abraham was able to let go of his guilt. Romans 4.3 What does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. In other words, the wrong things were made right because Abraham believed God. If you're struggling to let go of your guilt, the truth is you don't need forgiveness. You've already been forgiven. I mean, you, you can't be forgiven again if you've already been forgiven. I mean, it's done. 
So you don't need forgiveness. You just need faith. You need to believe what God has done for you and fully accept it. Let's pray together. Lord, I I just pray that you would begin a healing process today as we fully accept what your word says about us. And some of you are here today and you need to make a decision right now. I'm not asking you to feel it. I'm asking you to accept it because it deserves full acceptance. That Christ came into the world to save you. And he's done it for people worse than you. Why wouldn't he do it for you? So I encourage you to receive the unconditional, overwhelming love and forgiveness of God in your life. Because Christ has already paid for your sins. So stop running your own life. Surrender to him. Stop trying to cleanse yourself. Realize Christ has already cleansed you. and Believe and receive that. And yes, you still have a journey ahead, but God will give you the power to handle whatever the enemy throws your way. If you're here today and and you've been carrying a load of guilt and you're done, you are ready, you want to let go of it, you want to release it. If you'd say, Kelly, man, that's me. Then I want to pray for you right now, right where you're seated. But I want you to have the courage to let God know, God, I am fully accepting this. And so I'm going to ask you just just to stick your hand up, lift it high, leave it up. Say, God, I want to receive your forgiveness. I want to let go of my guilt today. God, we thank you that our sin has been paid for. Every bit of it is gone. God, we thank you for that truth. And I pray that you'd help us to receive and accept it. And live each day in light of it. Father, thank you for forgiving us. Live inside us now. Make us brand new as we surrender our lives to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.